Hello, heroes and heroines, sidekicks and supervillains, and welcome back to yet another episode of Panel Pictures, the podcast about comics and comic book film. As always, I am your friendly neighborhood, Zach, and I'm joined by the closest thing to Larflees that we'll get in this universe, Cody McKinney. Cody, how you doing, man? You're looking kind of bug-eyed, man. You're, you're worrying me here. Ooh, we're, we're part of a society today, <laughs> Zach. We're, we're getting in there. We are not even 10 seconds we're, in. You're... We're dealing with some deep issues. I would say everyone at home take a shot every time Cody says the word society this episode, but then you all would get alcohol poisoning and I would be sued. So let's not, but instead just do a little tally. Let's just, just tally how many times Cody says the word society in this episode. You know, and, and due to the rigors of society, this review is about two months late. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's talk about that really quick. So it's been a bit since we've done an episode Mostly because uh, I have had a very hectic two months recently uh, with personal problems. It's just been um, it's been hard to schedule time where a we could see this movie together and then b also make the podcast episode after that. But luckily, winter break is upon us, Cody, and I was able to go see it with you today for three whole dollars, well, four or four dollars actually. Yeah. yeah, I think it's gone up a little bit at our second run theater. I don't yeah. know. But anyway, uh, as you all can ascertain, this episode is about the Joker, and uh, we'll skip our usual banter about all the superhero things that we've done and seen recently. We'll just get right to the episode, because I know you all are desperate to know what we think about this movie. Oh, yeah. They're they're chomping at the bit. They're chomping at the bit. Um, So for, you know, really quick reference here, uh, those of you that don't know, obviously the Joker is the most recent uh, DC Universe film. I, well, I don't not, know. Not it's, Universe. I mean, like, I mean, is, it's, it's it's a complete standalone. I mean, it's it's the most. Recent it's not an DC extended or connected universe film, but I would I would argue DC it's film. one of their like films. You yeah, know, well, it's, the, it's like it's just based on a DC. Well, it's it's loosely yeah. based on a DC property. Anyway, so Joaquin Phoenix plays the Joker, obviously, and we watch his descent into madness, and uh, that's about it, really. Um, so if you haven't seen the movie already, please watch the movie before we jump in here because we are just going to hit hot and heavy into some of the weird parts of this film. It made a billion dollars. It made a billion dollars. If you haven't seen it already, uh, then you're worse than us, and that's a low bar. No, I'm kidding. Um, Cody, first off, I want to say this. This is the, the thought I had the entire film. I don't feel like this was a comic book film. No. I feel like this was a film that was written... And then they were like, you know who would fit into this? The Joker. Yeah. Because while it is all structured soundly and it all is easy to follow and it's not like crazy convoluted like some of other, you know, Warner Brothers and DC films, you really only get 20 minutes of of comicness. Yeah. I mean, like you get of... yeah, you get maybe 30 at tops. Yeah. Like there, there's a specific point that you you get the joker or well not even you don't get the joker this is this is not the pre-joker yeah like, diet dr joker exactly that that's my that's been my biggest like thing with people who like aren't like pretty big comic book fans when they when i had to explain this to them or when i explained it to them before they'd seen the movie yeah like this isn't really like i've, I've just started referring to it as purple joker and red joker <laughs> like <laughs> Because that's the easiest purple way. Purple Joker and Red Joker. Yeah, because okay. like this is this is not Purple Joker. Okay. Like Heath Ledger is Purple Joker. Jared Leto is is a multicolored Purple Joker. Right. 
He's a very colorful, purple Joker. Very true. Um, like versus like like Joaquin Phoenix is is well, he's Red Joker, right? In a weird way, like of these two these quantifications that I've just made up, mm-hmm. like in like a weird way, I almost feel like Cesar Romero is mm-hmm. Red Joker. In like a really weird, like not quite the Joker that we like. Uh, when you think about the Joker, that like he does not feel like the Joker that we know. I okay, guess okay. He, he's not the society Joker. That's true. That's true. Which I, th- I so red Joker, society Joker, and yeah. purple Joker is Ar- anarchy Joker. Anarchy Joker. Yeah. All, right, all right. Like that's the. <laughs> there we go. That's the that's the split we can make up for no reason. Sure. Why not? Um. I don't think, I don't know who this film was made for, to be 100% honest. Me? <laughs> other than you. Um, did you just go buy like a million movie tickets and help fund? <laughs> yeah, the, I, I've just spent like my entire life, life savings <laughs> just so you could have another one. Just cranking it up. I This movie is not necessarily a movie for comic book people. and It's not necessarily a film for non-comic people either. It's... I don't know. Like I would argue that the first half of the film is better suited for people that don't read comic books. And then the second half is better suited for people that do read comic books because that's when you start seeing slight elements of Gotham and, and Batman and the Waynes and and all that stuff. Uh, But by then you already have this very, very, very different version of the, the Joker um, that just, it rings true to everything I know about the villain but at the same time, it it's just different. I I appreciate all the artistic bits to it. Like, okay, let's talk about the fact that he laughs at weird times, right? Yeah. His 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 mental illness. Um, artistically speaking, I think that was a very smart choice because it provides dark humor for him to laugh at inappropriate things. Exactly, and to make. To make you uncomfortable. Like, that's what the movie does best, is make you uncomfortable. You were not exaggerating when you said that this film was just anxiety in film form. Yeah, like, it's just... I don't know how many times, folks, I grabbed Cody and, like, kind of clenched a little bit or, you know, just kind of clenched my whole body. Or some people say I was making diamonds. Yeah, You know, I just... There's so many moments where you just, like... You just... Like, you're just tense and you're uncomfortable because you don't know, like, especially if it's the first time you've seen it, you don't know what, like, what's happening, why it's happening, what's about to happen. Like, Joaquin Phoenix does such a good job of being, like... Random. Well, he's random, but he's he's charming in a weird way and awkward in a weird way where you're just, like... I mean, you're, you're meant to feel bad for him and yeah. then, like all of a sudden you don't feel bad for him anymore where you're just like, Oh, okay. This is true. This is where you chose to go. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stylistic choices here that work. Um, this movie is very interestingly shot. There's a lot of very, I mean, in my opinion, they kind of overuse the stairs a little bit. I I appreciate the symbolism to the stairs, but I, I, at one point I'm kind of like, okay, okay. Even, even like a freshman who hasn't taken, you know, English at this point can get the word symbolism now, guys. We we get it. Yeah, I mean, and the, and the movie has a lot of like a lot of foreshadowing, a lot of symbolism. Yeah. In terms of like, we've got these 
Like, we're going to show you things, and later you'll be like, oh, nah, okay, you yeah. showed me that thing because this is a thing. Right. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of great shots. One shot, though, that d- just confused the everlasting shit out of me, though, like why they, they filmed it that way. Do you remember when he puts on the, the Usher, the bellhop uniform? Yeah. And he's going to go, he's like in the movie theater with all the, the rich Gotham socialites, and they're looking at him from behind showing the screen and there's like the bar, like the handle, the yeah. handrail, like behind him and everything. That was a weird shot for me. Oh, just why, why are we looking up at him for no reason? Why are we looking at the backside of him blocking the view of the screen in a not really distinctive shadow? Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. Like, Do you see from, what I'm getting at? Like, yeah, like it, like from a visual perspective alone. I mean, I think the, like the weird visual perspective in that particular scene and this, maybe overthinking it way too much is almost like what you would see if you were the bouncer that was standing at the door like that that's that fair. feels like the pov that we're kind of getting at where that's you, that's a fair point you're just looking at him and you're like what is what is happening like, i just i guess i didn't think about that because everyone just straight up ignores him yeah they don't because they don't he's literally in a bellhop costume even to the point where i looked at you and put my hands up in the air because he's in the bathroom takes off that uniform and he's in a hoodie and jeans and the rich dude that just got done washing his hands does not even pay attention yeah, to like him. Just ignores him. Like it doesn't, doesn't even give him a glance of like, why the hell are you here in this ritzy five-star bathroom? Mr. Hoodie and jeans. With wearing granite stall. Dividers. I know. God, God. Um, great, great artistic vision though, for this film there. A lot of it is incredibly visually striking. There, in my opinion, though, might be too many scenes where Joaquin Phoenix is randomly dancing. I understand that's part of the character. I get that part entirely, right? I just sometimes feel like half of this movie was just us watching Joaquin Phoenix without a shirt dancing around the room. Yeah, like, and I was saying this to you earlier, I think that a lot of it was just like Tom Phillips sitting a camera up in a room and just basically saying go he just pushed the record button he was just like do something yeah like have at it like we'll, yeah. s- well what you got like this is your character like i've given you a vague direction to go in you do you boo and also we have Tybo here playing in the background just you know dance if you want to yeah like and, and that's kind of it like there's so there's so many like i i don't know how long the script for this movie is but like didn't this get shortened down I feel like I read something oh, where it was no like idea on the, that. I I I might be hundred percent wrong, but I feel like I read something where they had like a a three hour version, or a two or like a two and a half hour version, and it got shortened down to two. I mean, even if it was an hour longer, I don't know what you could add. I don't either, and that's something we'll talk about here in a little bit about like the longevity of this film, because honestly, in my opinion, I don't think this film is going to stand out past the next couple of years. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a like a dark night where you're going to be able to sit down and watch it again and be like, oh no. I love every minute of this. No, no, absolutely not. Um okay, so artistically, great film. Joaquin Phoenix's acting, surprisingly really, really good. He has an incredible range of of voice and facial expression. You know, it's almost like he's playing two or three characters. Uh, and I was I was incredibly incredibly impressed with just any scene with him. To be honest, um, I don't know. I haven't watched that many films with him in it. I I can't think of one other film off the top of my head right now 
that I've seen Joaquin Phoenix in. If you mentioned one, I might be able to go like, oh yeah, sure. But yeah, um, and Signs is always the one that comes to mind for me. Who the fuck was he in Signs? He's the he's the brother, like the weird brother who was like standing in the closet and like. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't remember, but you know, he was he was a he was very very he was ready for this obviously yeah you know um i understand that there was a lot of controversy with the what the, the one clip they showed was it jimmy kimmel or something like that where he like got mad at a good dude because he couldn't get into s- character or something like that yeah oh well, like you know he got mad at that dude and then like there was an interview where like one dude just was like don't you think this movie's kind of coming out at a, at a bad time socially like mm-hmm. you you know you don't just think you might like like mess up some people who aren't that stable yeah. and like he w- kind of went off on that dude because like i like he i think he got so deep into this character that he didn't really think about like anything the repercussions yeah exactly like it hadn't really crossed his mind that like the rest of the world existed because he kind of lived in the character for a minute that's true which that's- you know that's always that's, that's another rabbit the, hole too. Is all the controversy with this film? Yeah, I and mean, that's always or, been or a thing with straw man controversy. Like the Joker, though, yeah. when it comes to people who've played him, like they always say that there is like a part of it that kind of stays with you. Mm-hmm. Like Nicholson, Ledger, even Mark Hamill. Like you know, yeah. there's always kind of that like that weird creeping darkness. I like how you didn't say Jared Leto. You good man. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, no. I, if, if we're talking, if there's a totem pole of people right, who no, played the Joker, I totally get it. I totally agree with it. You know, he's low on it. I don't know if he's at the bottom, but he's low. God, I know he. I I remember reading about him being upset that this movie happened, Jared Leto. Um, but yeah, you know, the controversy itself. We talked about this actually in our, I think, our first trailer talk episode. Oh yeah, nearly a year ago. You know, we we talked about how we were afraid that something would happen. And yeah, I, I think a lot of people were like, like you know, I mean. I, I honestly, and that wasn't to stir controversy at the time because you and I were just legitimately worried. Yeah, I mean, we'd seen a trailer. Right, and we were we were just worried that this film would cause someone to get the wrong idea about something. I think those who were worried about it, though, definitely like went with it and ran with it for miles and miles and miles. Yeah, going as far like I I was seeing posts from people that I that I you know follow and I'm friends with talking about how like oh you know i used to like the joker too and think he was interesting but i was 13 and i grew up you know and and kind of putting down people that enjoyed the joker character which i didn't think was constructive or helpful at at all to be honest Uh, it's just like um uh, people were talking about watchmen they were saying like oh yeah i used to think watchmen was really deep and intriguing but i grew up you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm just kind of like, why are you guys being like this? Just because this is an uncomfortable film, right? Yeah, well, I mean... I mean, any film like this could potentially make someone, you know, do something, right? Yeah. It didn't have to be just because it's the Joker. But luckily, nothing's happened. True. And I think I think for a lot of people, the Joker means different things to different humans. That's true. In an interesting way. Like, I... Like in a weird way, I always like view the Joker with as like a symbol of chaotic freedom. Mm. Where like I like the mo- like in this movie, he gives the line like like got nothing left to lose, nothing can hurt me now type thing. Where it's just like I like I got no I got no friends, I got no family. Like it's yeah, it's just me. Nothing's like I got no strings on me. Nothing's tying me down. Like I'm doing. <laughs> 
I watched Ultron before I came yeah, exactly. here. Exactly. <laughs> and, and it was disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> My expectations are so low that I can do anything. God. <laughs> Joss Whedon let us down into a society. Exactly. <laughs> he dragged us down. Oh, God. And then he got what he deserved. Oh, no. Bless to go his back heart. to D.C. Bless his heart, Joss Whedon. Um... But yeah, so you know, I, I'm glad nothing came of this film. I'm glad that we were wrong about that. I, I didn't. We were not saying that to stir up controversy. We were not saying that to put anyone down. We were legitimately, you know, airing our concerns about something happening because of this film. Um, but moving past that, moving past all the controversies, because we're not we're not a gossip podcast or anything like that. Let's kind of talk about the big thing that I I, I really want to get into. I want to talk about the the longevity of this film. I yeah. want to talk about where this could go at all because here's my thing. So you and I, or you saw it opening day, right? Or yeah, opening night. Yeah, no, like I saw that. it opening day. Right. I was, fl- and luckily I did not know anything about this film prior to watching it today. Uh, except for like the little bits that you told me, you know, which were not anything spectacularly yeah, like spoiling. I, d- I just gave you like, we like, Weird little bits of information right. that without any context made no sense. Right. But to get back to that point, though, there was like a bazillion different articles. It was like, Joaquin Phoenix ready for sequel. Uh, Warner Brothers definitely wants to do Joker 2. Uh, some people even said Joker sequel confirmed as, you know, people work on it and stuff like that. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, after watching this now, I'm like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with a Joker sequel film? Because... They touched again. This is not really a comic book film, in my opinion. This is it's a film using comic book elements. Yeah, and You're using names, using names and locations that conveniently fit the plot. We we got we got the death of you know uh, uh, we, we got to Thomas see, and Martha Wayne. We got to see the Waynes die for again thousand times. Again, at least it was quick. At least it was very very quick. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, this time we were done. You know, we got the gunshot and the pearls flew. And bam bam boom, done, donezo. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't get it. <laughs> you wouldn't get it. But you know, we we had that, and we had Wayne Manor. We had what I assume was Alfred. The yeah, guy. Like, I, and he's never said he's Alfred, but I mean, like, it doesn't make any sense for it to be anybody else. I think it's kind of inferred, yeah. you know. Um, but where do we go? Where do we go from this without Batman? Like, this is this is literally the problem that we had with Gotham. I think for a while is why are we here? Like, we why why are we here? And, you know, Gotham, to its credit, I think, had strong enough actors and acting and characters to carry it along. But again, I wouldn't really consider Gotham a Batman story. I would consider it like your typical nighttime PD action flick style, you know, show with elements of Batman in it. Yeah, like it, it's... It's a 24 style, well, not 24 style, but like, you know, like, <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, Batman, <laughs> you have 24 hours to escape Arkham. But like I, 24 is the, the one I thought of because right. like, it's like you know, episodic, Crazy. like, yeah. let's, let's do a thing like story of the week. Right. Exactly. High action. You know, I, it, I actually liked most of what I did watch of Gotham. I haven't finished it at all. I know it's over by now, but I... You know, I, I I thought it was interesting. There were some original characters I enjoyed, and I liked the different interpretations of things. But moving past that, though, where do we go with this? Where do where do we make a like? Where do we put a Joker to? Because honestly, 
I think this is going to be a flash in the pan type situation. I think we'll talk about Joker maybe for another two or three years tops. It'll be relevant, right? And then I think unless something else comes with it, like another Joker film, yeah, I think it's just going to be kind of lost in the sea of of comic book film and film in general. Well, I mean, I don't think it, I don't think that'll happen because it is. I'm pretty sure it is now DC's highest grossing film ever. So I mean, like it's got that record. Did it beat Dark Knight? Yeah. Oh, did it? Aquaman beat Dark Knight. Did it? Yes. What? Dark Knight didn't make a billion dollars. I thought, well, I thought the last one did. The Dark Knight, oh, what's the last one with Bane? Uh, it rises. Cody. (laughs) What's the the name of the third film, (laughs) The Batman Rises. Yes, Cody. (laughs) Christopher Nolan. (laughs) He made this movie. Christopher Nolan, Cody. (laughs) He didn't see... (laughs) <laughs> he didn't see the light of day until it was a hard man. Anyway, I I just don't. You know, there, there's a lot of criticisms with comic book films and the, and the genre in itself, and and one of those being that we always need a sequel, we always need a trilogy, we always need an interconnected universe and that kind of thing. Thanks to Marvel, and I agree that we don't always need a sequel. We don't always need. Uh, a continuation of the story, right? I mean, shit, look at, like, Hellboy, or not Hellboy, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, no, no, you're right, like, Dark Knight Rises did, did be, break a million, uh, or a billion, I didn't think it did, but it did. Huh. Um, so right now, if, according to Wikipedia, uh, Joker is at 1 billion 49 million, and Dark Knight Rises was 1 billion 84 million, so, oh, okay. like, you know, if they, if they were to re-release Joker for, like, you know, if five they, extra minutes. If they made a, a Joker two, and then they were just like, "We're putting it back in theaters, so yeah. you can experience this thing all over again." Right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, other than like, I, I you know, I, I'm thinking of like, you know, stories like Men in Black. Like, why the fuck did we need a, a fourth Men in Black movie? Yeah. You know, why did we need a third one? I haven't seen it to be honest, because I just really don't care that much to go see more Men in Black. Yeah, I and and you know. It's so easy for like review bombs to like make you not want to see a movie now, or like everybody says like oh, it's not worth it, and you're like, well, I guess I don't need to see it. Well, I see. I, I'm I'm definitely not that guy. I don't let other people decide if I'm going to go see a film or not. I mean, hell, we saw Hellboy uh, in theaters, despite oh, yeah. the despite we the fact we knew what we were getting into. There, I don't think we did. I don't I, think we knew what we were in for. I mean, okay, but we knew we weren't in for anything good. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I I I honestly <laughs> thought we were just in for a mediocre movie a mediocre movie not a not a disaster piece going back to joker though i i just don't i don't see anything else coming out of this i really really don't this film in my opinion cody was just okay yeah you know i'm not a i'm not i was not moved by this film i was not left in awe by this film it had some really high points and then a quarter to half of the movie is kind of like why are we sitting here watching this you know, why am I watching Joaquin Phoenix for the fourth time now without his shirt? Stepping into a fridge. Or stepping into a fr- <laughs> I don't get that in, scene. In his Joker cocoon. Other than, the, other than the voicemail, I don't understand what was the purpose of that scene. Because they left that voicemail that was like, hey, uh, Mr. So-and-so, we're looking for you because you're suspicious. And, oh, yeah, you're definitely the Joker. Bye. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't understand why he had to creep into a, a fridge for that. I don't know. Uh, that being said, it's not a bad movie. No, I mean, and you know, if we were, like, I I could pitch you a sequel to this movie that I think would be okay. All right, 
do it. Let's let's pretend we are kids on the playground. Tell me your perfect Joker sequel movie. Here, All right. Well, Cody. I mean, like I said, this is this isn't our Joker. This is a this is a proto society Joker. Like this movie seems like it take place in like early to mid eighties. Okay. Like Batman, Bruce Wayne is like 11, 12 ish, something mm-hmm. like that. Like, you know, don't get an exact age, but you know, you've got a good at least 15 years before you get like Batman out of the, out of this kid. Like provided he became Batman at 26. Okay. You know, like you got to get him through grade school, high school, university, Raza, uh, racial goal training. Like, you know, you got, you got to get him there. Man, he became Batman at 26. I'm 28. What am I doing with my I life? I don't, I don't know if it's 26 or not. I don't know what, like... I'm the, just saying, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> the age Batman is. But I always imagine Batman becomes Batman, or Bruce Wayne becomes Batman, between, like, the age of 25 and 35. Somewhere in Probably. that, like, range is always my my go-to for that. So I think your antagonist for the uh, next Joker movie would have to be, like an like, a Detective Gordon or an Officer Gordon or, like... Something to that effect, like... He's 26. Oh, okay. Shit. Dang, I called that. That's impressive. Um, two years younger than me when he became Batman. What am I now? I'm just a teacher. Exactly. <laughs> God. Sorry, go ahead. But, you know, have him, like, be motivated by, like, the Joker escaping at the end of the movie, which, like, we don't even know if... There's so... Like, to preface it, we, there's so much in this movie we don't know what's real, what's not real, like... We can get into that in a minute. But anyway, like, working with the continuity that Joker has escaped and is at large, and you need somebody to come after him, like, Jim Gordon is your best option to come after him. And you just have that, like, you just have your cop thriller movie. I don't know if that is worth the time for me, honestly. I, I... I don't know if you could get me to come back for a Joker sequel if that would be the case. Like, I think you would have to put Batman in here. I, I honestly do. Well, see, like, I think that what you, like, you you build him up in this, like, we only got a, a, a an ounce of Joker in this movie. Like, you give us a full Joker meal in Joker 2, and then in Joker 3... Like, that's when, like, you kill off Society Joker God, and you, you bring are... in, like, I'm, I'm, I'm the, ex- I'm, I'm pitching to an executive where, like, we can make this a franchise. God, we can make this... please like... no. <laughs> please no. I don't want three Joker films. God, Lee. I, I didn't even want three Thor films. I mean, luckily we got Thor Ragnarok out of that, but still. You know, I mean, like, if they want to beat this horse, they'll beat it. Oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. It's like we talked about before we went to go see the movie. You know, Warner Brothers in DC, I don't know what's going on. You know, they're talking about how they can't make Superman relevant. They, the only thing we've got now coming out is Robert Pattinson's Batman film, which we have no freaking clue what that's about. Uh, The Wonder Woman 1984 film is coming out next summer. um, And that's it. Black Adam. Oh, yeah, and Black Adam. But, I mean, again, we don't know much about that, right? It's just like, I, I, I don't know. I I see this as, I, I, I do, I see this as they're, they're a horse that they're going to beat to death. Because this is the first film where people are like, oh, this is amazing, this is art. And then Birds of Prey. And, oh, fuck and, me, Birds of Prey. And The Suicide Squad. Oh, uh, we didn't even talk about that. 
So last episode, Cody, you talked about that Birds of Prey trailer, and I hadn't seen it yet. And yeah. then once we got done recording, I watched it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And it's not because it's a female. Don't get it twisted. It's not because it's a, it's a film led by by a female, you know, protagonists. It's because I literally, based on that trailer alone, am like, I hate this. This is female Suicide Squad, and I hate this because I hated Suicide Squad. I mean, like, I I have high hopes for the Suicide Squad, and it's purely because of James Gunn. That's yeah. the only reason I have high hopes. I don't. <laughs> you never have. I don't think you ever have high hopes for DC stuff anymore, though. I really don't. I I have high hopes for Wonder Woman. I think it'll be good. Yeah. But in, in Aquaman two, sure, let's do it. I have high hopes for people who have brought something to me. Right. <laughs> you you don't. You don't have high hopes for the uh, the people who've been sitting on the bench and like. I mean, like, okay, look, I'll be honest. I am kind of done with Batman for the most part, and and the the Rose Gallery, everything to do with Batman. I used to be a humongous Batman fan. In fact, when I was eighteen and I was getting back into comics, the majority of the stuff that I was subscribed to was Batman stuff. Uh, I was I was reading more DC titles by like eight or nine than I was Marvel. Right. And then something has just clicked in me where I just don't care. It's because you've seen it. Like there's, it feels like there's not a Batman related story that you can tell that we have not already seen in some form. I mean, maybe I'll be honest. I think the animated films that they're cranking out based on those Batman stories are infinitely better. You know, uh, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, but typically they're based on a comic that was already good. But they, I don't care, man. Like with this, with Batman Superman, right? That was based on Dark Knight Returns, right? Loosely. And it sucked. Yeah. And but... it sucked, Cody. Suicide Squad was based on a, like a myriad of Suicide Squad stories, right? Animated Suicide Squad films, they're pretty good for what they are, right? Live action one sucks. <laughs> I maybe maybe it is just the. A lot of DC's properties are hard to translate into like live action. I do not think that is the case at all. Really? I, I think I think DC like this is what this is why. Okay. People can make the argument that Marvel has a formula and that everything's cookie cutter and it's all the same. They can make that argument if they want, and that's perfectly fine, right? I agree that there is a certain style and standard to the Marvel films that make them all very similar to each other. I totally agree with that and I get that. But when you, you know, take films like Ant-Man and you make it into a heist film, right? You take Winter Soldier, right? And you make that a, a military espionage film, like a Tom Clancy type th- deal, yeah. right? When you have uh, Homecoming, which is like your your literal like coming of age story along with like, you know, all the high school tropes and becoming a superhero. That's fun. Things yeah. like that. Or Far From Home being a vacation movie. Right. Like. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you are telling me different stories with, with different skins of superheroes on it, right? And that's great. DC has some of the best comic material out there. You know, I mean, even recently, like I was telling you, that Batman the White Knight series, I love that shit. It's really, really well written. That could be done in a movie incredibly well. There, I mean, uh, you know, the the Earth One series that's been done by DC, you know, that Grant Morrison's Wonder Woman, that could have been done really well. Granted, I, I like the version of Wonder Woman we got, right? Yeah. I don't I disagree with the fact that you 
you can't take what they've written as a whole and turn it into film well. They don't have a direction compared to Marvel. Marvel's like, it's got to fit this feeling, right? But it can be pretty much any kind of genre film. Whereas DC's like, we don't want to follow that. We don't want to be like Marvel. You know, we don't want to be successful, right? Uh, we're just going to throw something up against the wall. We're going to get Zack Snyder to do like a bazillion different things, you know, and it all sucks. Except for maybe the Snyder cut. I don't know. That that keeps trending more that, and more and more. The, the maybe real, maybe not real. I know. I know. Definitely probably never getting. Probably not. No. And look, this is not me bombing on DC. This is my problem, though, okay? It's just that there is no cohesive feeling to how all these films go, right? I don't, I don't care that they don't connect. I don't care at all, right? If, if, if you had given me a Wonder Woman film and a Cyborg film and a, and a Superman film and a Batman film and they had never talked to each other, I would have been perfectly fine with that as long as they were good films, you know? And this movie is a really good film. The problem is, is that it's such a narrow, niche idea about one villain from a rogues gallery of one superhero, right? With no superhero. Yeah. And so how many times can you watch this villain be a villain to normal ass people with no opposing force that is equal to his power before you start getting bored with it? Well, I mean, that's another thing you can do though. I mean, if we're like, if we're back in the the boardroom and I'm pitching. All right. I'm, I'm Mr. Warner. Of Mr. Warner Brothers. <laughs> you're, one, you're one of the Warner Brothers. My other brother, Mr. Brother, is absent today. <laughs> like, you say we gotta have some sort of, like, relevant antagonist that is not a normal-ass person. Well, let's bring in another villain. Like, you got all kinds of villains that are, and that's, like, that predate Batman. Sure. I that's, that's perfectly fine with me. If you wanted to pitch Joker against, like... Penguin. Penguin. That's the one I'd always choose. Or Riddler. Black Mask. Uh, shit, I don't know. Fuck, you could even throw in Mr. Freeze and I'd be probably okay with it. Yeah. That would be insane, but, you know, I don't know why those two would fight, but... Like, could you... I just imagine... Schwarzenegger reprises his role. I, I'm, no, I'm just imagining the dumbest scene possible. Yeah. Of Joaquin Phoenix going back to the stairs again, I dancing skating. on the stairs, and Freeze just icing the stairs, and him <laughs> and he falling down butt. the stairs. Oh my god. Um, but that's that's my thing is is that, you know, there there's a reason these are comic book films, right? Because they use characters from comic books. There's a certain expectation now that we have, where there it's okay to break expectations, right? But there is some standard that we have to have, right? And this film is obviously about a dude that is down on his luck. He's broken. He's broken. He's broken. He's broken into tinier and tinier pieces, right? And then eventually. Using the glue that is insanity, he just puts himself back together, yeah. right? Into something different. Something terrible. Something terrible. And I get that. I respect it. And again, I think this is a good movie. I just don't see us having a movie equal or even comparable past this for a second or a third time. Yeah, like... Unless we do something else with with Batman or with another villain, like you're saying. Which I mean, and I think that's fair. I mean, like, I don't think that you... I don't think that the Joker himself or this Joker itself could carry a film and still be entertaining without another dynamic force to it. Because I mean, in a weird way, the, the protest or the, the protagonist of this film is Joker and the antagonist of this film is Arthur. Like everything that's bad happens to Arthur because of Arthur mostly. And because the city's terrible. 
Right. And everything that's good, like anytime something good happens, he like I feel like he becomes Joker. And then something bad happens, and he gets stuck being Arthur again until that next high point where he gets to be Joker again. Right. And he gets to live. Yeah, and, and again, that's a talent to both the, the director and the writers and Joaquin Phoenix. He's able to portray a character that is literally like two or three characters in one. You know, you have uh, a confident Arthur, you have pitiful Arthur, and then you have Joker. Yeah. Right? You have you have literally you have this three point spectrum where it goes from really pitiful to Arthur, you know, touching and encroaching on the on the, his Joker side, and then you have full blown Joker, and 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 again, wonderful actor, D- did a great job, right? What else can you tell me though after this? Especially because from everything we can tell, if you do make a sequel, like Arthur is gone, like yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, He's, you just have Joker now. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I don't know. I just, I don't mean, I didn't mean for that to be a big tangent about DC and the duality of that. I just don't see this going anywhere unless you literally bring in someone else. Yeah. You know, and then, and Robert Patterson's already confirmed, like, he's never going to, you know, at least for as far as he knows, he's never going to really uh, interact with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker there's there's nothing there's no crossing the streams with that yeah, and i i honestly think if they continue this he will never meet batman like this joker will never like and that's so stupid <laughs> in my opinion i mean I, I i get that i get that like it's like venom not meeting spider-man yeah right exactly like it, how it, do you exist if the other one is not present right so it i mean that was the that was venom's biggest problem uh, you know wasn't the fact that it was kind of weird and, and, and put together kind of funny, funny or whatever. It was the fact that he didn't have like a, like a strong opposing force. He had like, Oh, it's other venom. Yeah. Like he had crap. I don't even remember what the thing's name I don't was. I fucking remember. No, I don't like, remember at all. It was like, it was something like havoc or havoc. Like, yeah. I, 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 I forget. Havoc. I forget. Like, I forget the other symbiotes names except for carnage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's sad, isn't it? Yeah. There's like six of them and carnage is the only other one. That I, I used to memorize about. those, but yeah, no, not anymore. Anyway, you know, it's, it, that's the thing with like venom, right? It is that what do you do now other than introduce another character? And guess what? That's what they're doing for Venom 2. They're introducing another character, right? Someone that is a strong opposing force. <laughs> He's going to introduce some carnage. Some carnage, you know, into that. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> You're right. And there's even rumors now where, you know, they're talking about having Tom Holland's Spider-Man interact with that Venom, right? Because they know what people want to fucking see, right? What's, what are you rolling? Riot. Riot. Was it Riot? Was its riot. Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh Lord! Um, uh, I knew it was like havoc, riot. Something. But but you can't you can't keep doing this. The the difference with like between this and Gotham, Gotham at least promised you Batman at some point yeah, because like, you saw Bruce Wayne slowly transition into Batman, right? And plus you got proto versions of everybody else. Exactly. You you. I mean, Jim Gordon was a strong enough character to be a strong enough opposing force to all these villains. So at least you had that, and and even Harvey Bullock. You know, what was a good character. I fucking loved him. I thought he was great. You can't just keep doing this this solo descent into madness, introspective into human nature, we live in a society bullshit Yeah. for two more films. You have to tap into more of the comic material if you want this to work, right? If there was no comic material in the equation whatsoever, 
you could just do a movie about a crazy dude. The problem is, is that this is supposed to be a comic book film because it's the Joker or Joker, whatever. Yeah. So you can't keep churning out the same thing without adding something, I guess is all I'm getting at. Anyway, at the end of the day, I would recommend people see this movie like once. Yeah, like I don't, it, I don't ever think I'll see this movie again. Whenever it makes it to whatever Warner Brothers streaming service ends up being, like don't we, don't, don't put that black magic on me. You know, cause it's it's DC Universe now, but like from what we've, like like what we've, I've been able to ascertain, it's going to become like HBO something. Yeah, like some sort of like all encompassing like Warner Brothers HBO nonsense something. madness, um, and it'll end up on there eventually. Or I mean, like you know. If, you just want to walk down to the red box and pay a dollar and 10 cents. I can't see this film. I, I, I know that it's a good movie. I'm not arguing that, right? It's, yeah. it's well shot. It's well written. There's no confusing transitions like all the other DC films. You look at Batman versus Superman, Suicide Squad, and Justice League, and there's just weird transitions. Yeah. Like weird Frankenstein together transitions and smash cuts and all that stuff. Whereas with Joker, it's cohesive. You're yeah, like, and weirdest thing about this movie is after you watch it, you do ask yourself, like, what what parts of this movie were fake? Like, wh- what right. was in his head? Or yeah. was the whole thing in his head? Absolutely. And that was probably the strongest part of the writing was was the, the neighbor of his that he supposedly had had sex with and was going on dates with and everything. And then all of a sudden, he hops into her apartment. And that moment, as soon as she just gasps and says, like, who are you? That's what you went when you're like, wait, what? Why is she saying that? The whole world just kind of falls apart. Unravels, yeah. So that that was a really I I was impressed by that. I was very I was very stunned that they decided to make that choice because normally when it's like a whole it was a dream, it was a figment of his imagination, that tends to be a cop out for for me, or at least narratively. At least it feels like one. Whereas this one was tastefully done because it was a part of the story that did not affect the overall flow or momentum of the film. Um, It only affected your perception of like one relationship that this character had with one other character. It's a, it's a one-time deal for me. Uh, I, I, again, flash in the pan, like you can say you've seen it and you, it's, it's a good conversation starter for like, Oh, isn't that crazy? You know? And then you talk about madness for like 20 minutes and then you move on with your life. In my opinion, I don't see, I know this is broken records. I know it's like a billion dollars and all that stuff. I don't see this, making a humongous lasting impact past the next couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I get where you're coming from. Like, it's not like crap. If we're talking about like old DC movies that I ever want to rewatch, like 89 Batman, the dark Knight, not, not, not Batman begins or dark Knight rises, just dark Knight. Right. There isn't a Superman movie. I really want, I ever want to watch because I don't really <laughs> like the character. That's fair. Um, that's fair. You know, like Shazam is a movie I would gladly Absolutely. like if somebody was just like, I haven't seen Shazam. So let's watch it. Let's yeah, <laughs> we'll enjoy this. Yeah. Shazam, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. They all work. They all work, in my opinion. I mean, Wonder Woman's third act was a little weak, but at least it was still fun and interesting. Crap. I'll even watch the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds. I don't think it's that bad. Like, <sighs> it's it's bad. Ooh, it Cody. is bad. Ooh, Cody. But like if you if you had me sit if you sat me down and you were like, all right, you either get to watch Ben Affleck Daredevil or Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern. Oh damn. I'll choose Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern. Oh, don't put that black magic on me. I think I'm gonna have to go with you on that. I think I would rather watch the Green Lantern over the uh, that first Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would. You know, it's just matter of opinion. 
you know, as we kind of wrap up here, Cody, do you, I feel like I've kind of ranted and raved here. Is there anything that you want to talk about other than, you know, and not really, no, we like, live I'll, in a society. I'll, it was a dream. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to play off you. I just kind of wanted to see what you thought of the movie because like, yeah, I, I know what I think about the movie. Well, okay. Well, as a person that really likes the Joker, right? Because I'm, I'm more of a person. I like the duality of, of heroes and villains. Yeah. I feel like they complement each other well, and you can't really have a good hero story without villains. And you can't have a good villain story without heroes or some kind of opposing force, whatever. Right. So as someone who actually likes the Joker as one of their favorite characters, was this a satisfying film for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I genuinely enjoy this movie. I like all the, I like all the symbolism and foreshadowing that they do. And I think, I think there's even like symbolism and foreshadowing leading that is in the movie that is either unintentional and I'm, I'm making it in the movie or they just made a really like strong, like even the like, all right, for instance, like in the opening, like scene where he's running and chasing the kids, foreshadowing him running away from the cops later, dodges the car as Arthur, but he gets hit by the car as Joker. Oh yeah. Or like when I was saying, like, poor Arthur has to trudge up these stairs every day, like yeah. struggling, just barely made to the top, and Joker gets to dance down. That's like, fair. You know, like little things like that where I'm just like, and I don't know if those are intentional or not. Like, I don't know if that's like the, the vision. I think I think that, that was. I think this I think this was an artsy enough film to to have a lot of foreshadowing in it. So one thing though I, I do want to ask you is that this film is obviously incredibly politically charged oh yeah like it's, it's got a it's got a message that it's, it's got a huge old eat the rich yeah, vibe to it it's waving the flags and shooting off the fireworks exactly and like that was one of the things that initially bugged me about the movie when i first saw it okay because i felt like the marketing material offered us a movie that was different than this but not not in the same way that iron man 3 did but like <laughs> um because the marketing out he's really not the joker yeah like <laughs> The real Joker was the cops all along. Exactly, like some stupid. Thomas twist. Wayne was the Joker. Um, but like, <laughs> what what the trailers all felt to me like was that the Joker was going to lead was going to lead a revolution against the city in a way that like he was recruiting people and like he was go- like like the Joker would like he was gonna get some money he was gonna get some goons him and the goons were gonna like you know make anarchy right. But instead, he more or less accidentally becomes the head of a movement because he he killed some dudes in self-defense and then one dude in not self-defense. Uh, then he was at the end of his rope and going to kill himself on the show as, like, not a political statement, I don't think, just as a, like, I in that line in the book, like, I hope my my death makes more sense than my life did or whatever. Yeah. Where it's just like, at least pe- like people will remember me forever if I do this type thing. Right. And then like midway through that, that thing, he's like, Oh, they'll remember if I do this too though. And this is going to be a lot more fun. Like, yeah. you know, that's the, that's true. That's true. I didn't expect this movie to be as classist as it, as it was. Oh yeah. Like it's de- like, like you said, the, are the advertising material did not, no, no nothing about that. Like, convey that idea at all. You know, they, the, the, the idea of making Thomas Wayne, this complete asshole is not new, Yeah, but it's also, it's not done often to the point where it, it came off as fresh. Yeah. Right? Like he, he's all like, I, I want to say always, but he's mostly seen as like this good humanitarian, like philanthropist cut down his prime by nice boy like, doctor. 
Yeah, like by some unfortunate circumstances. Right. By a poor choice he made one night after Zorro. <laughs> Why do you go down Crime Alley, dummy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't but go like, down there. It's Crime Alley. In this one, it makes a little bit more sense. Well, it doesn't make any sense because if you're Thomas Wayne, why on earth are you going to see Zorro when you know that there's a, there's riots going on in the street? Or like, well, you knew there was a big protest and a bunch of people hate you. Yeah. So maybe, maybe like that would add an interesting angle. Maybe he felt untouchable, right? Yeah. It was just a weird flex where he's like, I'm going to go out into town anyway. Yeah. With my son and my wife. Exactly. Who's way go... older than me for some reason. Yeah. She did. That actress did look a little bit older than him. Like, it yeah. Was... They both actually looked a lot older than they're usually portrayed. Cause usually when you see them, they're like, Almost our age, or maybe yeah. a little bit older. I always, I always place his parents around like their their forties. Like they That's had, true, they yeah. had like a like they had Bruce when they were like around our age, right? And then like they were living that old money life and living that old money life. <laughs> Can I just live the new money life? <laughs> <laughs> live the any money life. The any money life. Yeah. This film though is is well shot. It's well written. It is very disturbing. It can be a little visceral sometimes. I didn't like the fact that they use CGI blood sometimes on his face and things like that when he was killing people. Yeah. Um, because it was very obvious. Some I, of the some of the effects were not good. I think that one was like a was more a makeup issue more than anything else. Probably where they're just like because they didn't want to have to redo his yeah, face. Yeah, they're just like, dude's already covered in makeup. Do we really have to put more makeup on him? Right. Like, Fair. and what if this messes up? Because his makeup, like, you can tell when the makeup was naturally running. Like, yeah. Anytime, like, it was gi- giving yeah, you that 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 tear look. Yeah, that it, tear yeah. look was not like, I, or at least I don't think it was intentional. I feel like that was just like that. They'd shot that scene a couple of times and maybe, like, maybe yeah. you know, your your eyes would water after like a little bit. Like, sure. Especially with all the like close ups and everything. You don't want to blink. Right. Exactly. Um, but it's it's well shot, well written, well acted. It provides a lot of twists and turns. It's uh, it's a good film. I just don't know if it is a good comic book film, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I mean, you could have told the story, like you said at the very beginning of the podcast, you could have told the story without the Joker, without Gotham, anything else, and it had been just as good. But, like I was saying to you before we saw this movie, there are movies that do this movie better. Like Joe was saying to us before, like, he thinks King of Comedy does this movie way better than this movie does this movie. Or, and I think Taxi Driver does this movie better than this movie does this movie, but... Fair. You know, I, I still like this movie. Like I did too. I did too. I just don't see myself watching it again. Yeah, I mean, and I probably not me either. Like, I might buy it. I might not. Like, it's depending on buy what. Buy just to have it. Yeah. yeah. If, if there's like, if they give me an extended cut, like, I'll buy it for that. Yeah. But other than that, it might be Well, one. behind the scenes stuff is always interesting to look at. Also So true. if they provided any kind of commentary or, or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it must be one of those to own it to, like... If you ever have somebody who, for some odd reason, hadn't seen it, just be like, "This will kill an afternoon." Like, let's watch this. Yeah, that's true. That's a weird afternoon, though. Sitting yeah, on the couch true. watching this. Yeah, film. just hanging out with hanging out with your buddies, just be like, "You want to be really uncomfortable in my apartment for about two hours Golly. and it, listen to me laugh inappropriately at things that aren't funny." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would recommend people see it, but I recommend you see it just once. I recommend you see it somewhere where you are comfortable. Yeah. Because this film does make you very, very uncomfortable. Not a good date movie. D- d- no. God, no. Can you imagine? 
I bet you there's some edgy teenager who oh, was yeah, just somebody like, tried it. like, hey, babe, let's go see Joker. Like, for first date film. Or, like, like oh, I want the reverse, though. I want, like, an edgy teenage girl who's trying to date a normie. And he t- and she took him to see this movie. And she's really into it. And he's like, what the some, fuck some girl, doing? Some girl that thinks Harley Quinn and Joker's relationship goals. Exactly. And he's just, <laughs> and he, like, I see, like, that's the movie I want to watch. I want to watch two people go see Joker. <laughs> You want a body cam attached to two people. <laughs> the whole oh, movie's just, just two people whispering and one oh, dude, God. like, cringing and, like... You can hear his thoughts. Oh, God, why am I here? I'm going- oh, God, why am I here? <laughs> yeah, like, what's happening? Oh, I don't man. even like comments. I don't even like this, man. I don't know. I mean, she's kind of cute, but ugh. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. That's I don't I don't really have anything else to say about this film. I it was a film. It was a movie. That's all I can really say at the end of the day. Yeah, it was I, in color. It, <laughs> it was a lot of color. A lot of red. It, it it did have a lot of good color to it. A lot of good shots. That part where the curtains peel and he steps out on stage. That yeah. was that was a beautiful Dude, beautiful I, shot. I love how like you just like, were cringing over the scissors. Oh, like you, like you, it never didn't hit you that hard in movies, but like, especially cause I knew it was coming. I was yeah. like, well, here we go. You got yeah. check off scissors in the pocket. Like we're getting ready to <laughs> the face paints on and ain't coming off. No, I just, yeah, I, you could almost feel when something was about to happen. In and this the, film. the score really does it too. Like, it does, there's yeah. no quiet in this movie. Like, yeah, it's like every moment where there's not dialogue, there's yeah. just a low, like, like type you know like somebody like just like murdering a violin fair slowly that's fair all righty i think that's about all we can say about the joker so folks if you want to shoot us an email about any suggested topics or comments or anything like that you can always email us at panel pictures podcast at gmail.com cody if folks want to find you on twitter where can they find you, bud? Give uh, us give us that best Twitter handle ever. And they really can't. Like, I mean, if they want to, like, see a, an inactive account. I tagged you, and you said, like, recently, and then you said nothing. I, I was, know. I was talking I about know. how loving and supportive you are, and you said nothing. Well, you, you know how I love you, you don't need me to, to respond. Like, you got <laughs> me in real life. <laughs> They don't need me. They don't need to be social on the medias with the, with the Orange Avenger. Social on the medias with the Orange Avenger with no E yeah. there. Um, but if you want to find the podcast, though, you can find us at Podcast Panel on Twitter there. You can also tweet at us there. I think that's about it. We're going to try and get back on track here uh, with our schedule. We'll be hooked on a feeling soon. <laughs> I thought we had Thor Dark World after this. Oh, we do. Okay, okay. But but then like, after we'll, that, we'll, we'll breeze good. through that. Okay. We'll breeze through that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be our shortest review. <laughs> Don't see this movie. <laughs> yeah, just like, it's it's a... Skip it's, it. <laughs> it's, it's just Disney's attempt at making a Star Wars movie right after they got the franchise. They're like, they need to practice. Star Wars before Star Wars. Yeah. Warm up to Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> make it dark. Make everybody, everything look the same. We do need to, we do need to start tackling, like, Man of Steel and and all that stuff. Oh, though. I'm I'm all for it. Like I you're know, the, you're the I'm, one who hates these movies, not me. I don't. Okay, I don't hate only Man of Steel. I don't, only one I don't like is Man of Steel. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. I don't understand how you like Justice League or Suicide Squad or Batman versus Superman. That holy trinity of evil for me. Because I like dumpster fires. <laughs> I I like chaos. Yeah, yeah. I, 
Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I like living <laughs> in a society. And with that, folks, until next time, stay super. Bye-bye. <laughs>